God gave us an idea of something fun to do today. Um, instead of just having this dad preach a sermon about moms, we're going to have moms share this morning. If you aren't prepared for that, don't worry. We're not going to force you to get up here and talk into the mic for more than five minutes. Just four is fine. No, just kidding. Um, Karen would like to go first. That does not surprise anyone. The firstborn in all things. Well, I just, I'm going to go with the, the kids, and, and I'm making a joyful noise. This is the children's sermon, don't you know? I need that go. for all my props. You need this for all your props. I'm all sorry. All my props. Yes, well, I already made noise. Do you want this back house. in the stand, then? Sure, yes. Okay. You know that bouncy ball he talked about? Uh, that was not for a throwing catch, and you know that—that's—I I just had to clarify that, Nate. You know that ball, the bouncy ball. It's about yay big, and it's very comfy to sit on. We have one of them. If you—if you ever want to come and you know have a baby, have, have a, have a baby or just have a fun <laughs> sit down. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're all going to share and. Don't you think the Lord is uh, uh, such a um, fun person, the most creative, the most creative? I mean, he created us, and that's, and that's pretty humorous. He, he really has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Don't you think? I mean, there are a lot of questions I'm going to ask him when I get to heaven. <laughs> Lord, what were you, th- what were you thinking? <laughs> As if I had the right thought, <laughs> but but um, I I love to bring show and tells and any kids left in here. God, I was uh, sharing how how God is uh, in the women's prayer group 9:30. God is fierce. He has a fierce love for us, and we women don't ever get in the way of a mama bear. A mama lion. We we know that in nature, but our own mother, human nature. We have fierce love for our kids, and this morning I looked at this, and I said, "Yay! Isn't this the picture? A picture of the Lord, a lion." And we've all seen this. A lion, yes, we know. Lord, you are fierce and you have that fierce love for us. But he also carries the lambs. So he's got both the the fierceness and the tenderness. The tenderness. That's what I think I've really learned from being a mom. We've got both. We've got both and, you know, an attribute of God's. He gives that to us. And we women are privileged to be women. I mean, that was his idea. And not that you men aren't important. Yes, you are. But today we're talking about moms. <laughs> and I just thank the Lord for my mother, who way back in 1952, she trusted and obeyed the Lord. What did she do? She took her kids three-year-old, that would be me, and my brother, eight-month-old, got on a big ship and went to Japan. Some of you know this story. And I just thought to myself, that, that was a, that's a great example. Now, could I have done that? I don't think so. 
even though she was a great example, I have never thought, well, let me see, I, I could maybe go to India or Africa. Or I, instead, I say, well, I could go back to Japan because I'm comfortable there. And uh, we sang the song about being brave, and, I, and part of me just went, oh. Well, that's part of our nature, too. You know, that we want to be secure and our hearts are soft and tender. God's given that to us. But he also, at the time that we need it, he's uh, given me um, the bravery, well, to have kids, for one. One at a time. (laughs) One at a time. One day at a time. After the first baby, I said, no more. No more. And how many did we have? We had six. Well, after each one, it was... Okay, no more. And the Lord just changed my mind. And so that was a lesson I learned. Thank you, Lord. You you don't ask us to just decide our lives, even though as a firstborn, I do like to know, as Paul knows. I like to know all the answers. I like to have everything in place. And could you just tell me exactly what's going to happen? <laughs> and the Lord asks us to trust. Trust him. Um, this is this feels kind of secure holding this. <laughs> By the way, I've I've never actually done this, but now I kind of know how it feels for my grandkids. You know, they go around holding something and soft and nice and comfortable. Um, I was going to start out by just saying, you know, uh, the make a joyful noise. Maybe I did say that already. And I have been making a joyful noise over there. That's one thing that, uh, you know, the Father tells us, unless you become like a child, our and my, I'll just speak for myself, my brain gets so sometimes in the way. Yes, he gave us our brains. And thank you, Lord. You allow us to think and make decisions. But then he says, unless you become like a child. So I believe that's, especially in worship, my mother um, always had such a good attitude. And so I thought of the children's song. I know Mary, um, Marianne is going to play uh, for Gwen, and, you, and the women are going to come up and sing some wonderful songs. Uh, and one is a children's song. And somehow he gives us moms the privilege of hearing children's songs. All and all the time. <laughs> and it, it helps us remember his word. And to have a joyful heart. You remember that little melody uh, used to annoy me. Uh, a joyful heart is good medicine. Anybody remember that old song? Good medicine is a joyful heart. And I used to think, Mom, Mom, really, I, uh, because that's the attitude she, she had and still has. Not only a joyful heart, but a thankful heart. And, uh, and we know that scripture, you know, in all things, be thankful. In Christ Jesus concerning you. That is what the Lord wants from us. And... Uh, but only through the Holy Spirit. Well, that is the bottom line. And and today, wasn't it wonderful? We're, we had the privilege of worshiping together. Uh, the other song I thought of that my mother used to sing is, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free, for I know his eye's on the sparrow. Well, 
when I first heard that song, I thought, oh, how sweet. Yes, isn't that? It was a little, seemed trite. Well, of course. But he's speaking to us. He's speaking to us um, in the simplest ways. I remember hearing Elizabeth Elliot um, tell, well, her daughter, actually. I met her daughter, and her, and her daughter said, when I was so overwhelmed, and we get overwhelmed as moms, and I asked my mom, how, what? And her mother said, do the next thing. How simple is that? It was a grace note, a grace note. Um, Nordis Christensen, she was uh, my mentor. And, and she, her one word that, that I felt really uh, stood out when I would say, what would I say about her? She said, simplify. Now, I'm still working on all these things. Isn't that why God gives us each day to encourage each other and to um, say thank you, Father, um, for giving us your Holy Spirit? A girlfriend from California called me yesterday, and she said, what are the words to the song? And, and we looked it up, and... Uh, the last part is let faith arise in your soul. Well, let, that word let, you know, we, we can so often say, well, but if we let, let it happen through his soul, Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord, for uh, the privilege of being your child. Amen. That's what a child would do to clap for themselves. I just realized I did that. <laughs> so onward, onward with the children. Whoa. You get to go be kids. And some of them are already in there. Huh? I'm going to go. I think I already have two kids in there. They're okay? Oh. Oh, make sure every mom gives one to my moms upstairs. Have them. into this? Do I have to speak into this? When Nate sent out an email this week to the moms asking if we would, um, it was like Wednesday or Thursday night, asking us if on Mother's Day we would share what we've learned about the heart of God in being a mother. Nate, I'm like, you've got to be kidding? Really? <laughs> you know how big that is? And it's Mother's Day. We're supposed to be resting, and we have to think about this. <laughs> and then the burden left and quickly came that, um, no, it's really a privilege and an honor to share on something ever so briefly and quickly um, on something so meaningful. And so I couldn't think of anything, though. All I could do was land in that I have to sing. 
I have to worship. There's no other way I can convey the heart of God to me in my 23 years of motherhood but through song. <coughs> so in two minutes, I'm going to have you moms come up and sing with me to bear testimony of what we all know and are growing in, in God's heart towards us, whether we are moms or not. But two things really quickly, because then I did have three days to think of two other things. To preface it very briefly, um, number one, I really believe that uh, motherhood is a call to suffering. In the Garden of Eden, after the fall, the curse that was placed upon Eve, and henceforth all of us as women and mothers, was that we would bear pain in childbirth. It is an act of labor to bear life in all symbolic ways, mom or not. I believe men are, and fathers are called to author life, create life, and produce life. And as women, we are called to bear life, nurture life, call forth life. And my good mom friends here have hours of stories they could tell of many levels of pain that I know intimately and are sacred and we witnessed here even today in singing about our children. And so it's not an easy journey. There is a cost. And there's also great vision and great reward. I know nothing more sanctifying, redeeming, holy, truckloads of grace and immeasurable love than learning of the heart of God towards me in being a mother and towards my children. What, my second quick point is a quick story, and that is when I was 26 and got married, I did not have a heart that I knew of for motherhood. It was not my dreams. It was not my vision. It was not my playground. It was not in me that I knew of. And David and I were in a graduate school program out in Colorado our first five years of marriage, and at the end of that five years, something was working in me, and it was this. I was young in my school group, and we were working in a church, and all my peers, my age and a little older, were all having babies and children. You that are in your 20s would know that's your peer group usually, or often, and I'd be at a pot, uh, potluck at church or something, and they'd all be talking talking about babies and mom stuff, and I just did not connect. <laughs> there was this dissonance, and um, wasn't, it was foreign to me, that dream, that life. And so um, there was a mom's group in my school group, and um, I went to them, and I said, I'm not even pregnant, but can I join your group? <laughs> or I'd just like to come and sit and learn about your hearts as moms and about God's heart to you all as moms. Would that be okay? And so I did. And there was an older woman there who um, was important in my life at that time, still is. And she um, spoke into me in my life at that time and that impacted me greatly. And to this day, I remember it. And it fits in with this question. Um, because what she told me is very simple, but to me, it meant the world. And that was, she said, was, um, God will give you the heart you need to be a mother. Just come to him. He will give it to you. And Lord willing, if you're meant to be a mother, he will give you his heart for you and your children henceforth and forevermore in every circumstance and season. And that is my testimony 23 years into it today. <laughs> he is there. 
He has gone before me to no fail. And I really think that my heart as a mother in my children's young years, up to their young adult years, even now, just recently somebody asked me about motherhood. And I said, my calling is really simple still. My heart is to be there. <laughs> because in essence, that's what God does. He's there. I can't go before them like God does. So I pray that I am pointing to the Lord in all I do and in and through and beyond every failure um, that they'll know he is there for them. So with that being said, um, I live through my hymns. I have my mom hymns all through the years that I will sing through and pray through and went to two of them today. And we only have time. Maybe we'll sing the beginning of first of one verse. But let me just say one thing as we go into this first one. And that is God is committed to his namesake above all things. He is committed to his glory, his name to bring a tribe and tongue and nation, every tribe and tongue and nation to himself. That includes our children. So Lindsay for Ivy. This is for you and Anne, that his commitment is to our children, way above us. And he will take care of them. And we need that assurance because it is not easy to trust that. Um, but that's his commitment. And my heart is aligned with him in that through all the growing of what that looks like. So moms and, women and my, those that will be a mom, maybe someday, come on up and sing this with me because Paul's going to play it. The first hymn of the first song. You can give us the tune right now because not everybody knows it. Come, no, I mean literally, come up. Um, when we gave, we gave each of our children a verse, which is common when they were born, that God gave us. But as a mom, I personally gave each of my children a hymn, and I sang for hours and hours that hymn over them when they were young. And to her adult years even, there might be a night that I recall that she'll be in bed and call me in and say, Mom, can we just sing our hymn, my hymn? And so this is the Father God's heart towards my daughter and my prayers. But it has been his father heart towards me <laughs> just as much. So 
um, enjoy this song. <laughs> mother, the most blessed thing you can do is ask her about her children or how you can pray for them. <laughs> and um, this last song is um, the Star Wars theme of moms. You didn't know that because everyone thinks it's a children's song. We sang it for years and years and years. But it's the Star Wars thing, theme for moms. So take hope in this one. That is so... I got actions for that. Christ 
is for moms. <laughs> we wouldn't be here without them. Or without you all, I thank you. Kathy, do you want to be next? Oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> I'll go so when Nate asked me to, he sent a text to me, and I'm like, oh gosh. And it took me a couple days to respond because, oh, with a lot of hesitation, I didn't really know what to share or how to share because I really believe that, um, you know, I just think God needs to get the glory for everything that we as moms do um, because it's all of our mistakes really um, are covered by God. So that's the first thing I would say is I feel incredibly inadequate as a mom. And I'm so thankful that he covers for me. But um, just a couple things I wrote down. Uh, Karen kind of said it already. Parenting isn't for cowards, that's for sure. Um, number two, uh, well, first of all, John, um, what's his name? Uh, Dawson. What's his name? Um, Dobson. Dobson. Yeah, he's the guy that, that's James Dobson is the one that said that on Focus on the Family. Parenting isn't for cowards. So, um, number two is there's no formula, right? I mean, every kid is so different, so every kid you learn how to be even more dependent on God for wisdom and answers to, you know, help in that area. So, yeah, oh, very, very broken as a mom and completely, um, gosh, humbled, actually. Um, number three, can't change your kids. You can't. I mean, my aunt Linda said to me, way back when I was a young, you know, mom, she just said, gosh, you know, I've tried everything to change this kid and help her to just to, you know, just getting her socks on every morning. She couldn't handle the feel of the socks seam being off and couldn't, you know, so they took two hours trying to get her to get her socks on and she just, you know, because you can't change your kids. God gives them to you and that's what you got and, you know, and... <laughs> So, I mean, that was, like, really eye-opening to me, <laughs> you know, but, um, but kids, kids change you, and that's so amazing how God uses your kids to change you, and like you said, it's the suffering of Christ, you know, is what changes us, so um, number four. Um, because you can't really change your kids, I think what has, according to my kids, because I asked them, what should I share? They said, you know, your trust in the Lord has impacted them the most, and that is what has changed them. My trust in God, not trying to put the law on them and say, hey, you know, come on, grow up, you know, do this. It's more just you know, relying on the Lord to, to work in their lives. And, and my trust is the example of how hopefully they will continue to trust him in the future. And I think the most, number five, the most important thing for me as a mom that I've learned is that the way that 
I've never ever have experienced so much love from God until I became a mom because the way that the passion and the love that I have for my children is how God loves me and probably 10 times more fold, you know. So, and the relationship that I want with my kids is his relationship he wants with, with us. So when your child comes and makes, does a dumb thing and they come and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I blew it. It's like, oh my gosh, no worries, that's fine, I don't care. That's what God wants for us, you know. He just, that forgiveness and he doesn't put the law on us. He just wants to hang out with us and he wants to be our kind of friend, you know. So that's what I want from my, from my kids. So that's what he wants from us. So thank you. kids come up and grab something. Well, it would be pretty hard to top that powerful testimony. I was just, I hadn't had anything prepared until I was coming out with Sophia um, during worship or some sometime a little bit before we started sharing. And I was like, Lord, what should I say? What, what am I supposed to ponder? I, because I'm super out of it, these allergy meds are just really weighing me down. So if I don't make much sense, <laughs> just give me some grace. But um, in the Bible, when we read about the fall, um, I used to wonder if, you know, I used to wonder why we worship a God that cursed us. <laughs> and then I went back and reread it. And I didn't see a curse to humans. <laughs> I don't know what your Bible says, but like my NIV says, he said to the serpent, cursed are you among livestock. And then he said to the man, because you have done this, ABC. And then he said to the woman, I will increase your pain in childbirth. And, but he also said to the man, because you have done this, cursed is the ground from which you came. So I didn't see a curse directed towards the human being. And so what I think about it is, these are just consequences of the fall and things that God wants us to take away for our benefit and for his glory. So it's just a sh certain shift in the dynamics so we're able to understand him better. So when we focus in on the, what was given to the woman, which is the pain of childbearing, um, we can see for what that meant to me was that God was putting women on the front lines to experience the, the pain of the labor for human life. And this is what Jesus experienced on the cross. He was experiencing the full labor for, to fight for the value of human life. And so God wants us to, he decided that this should be our responsibility because of the fall, so we can see what he's doing daily for us. He's laboring for the value of human life. Um, for, for guys, you know, uh, for being able to provide, to protect, to safeguard. These are all things that God does for us on a daily basis. Because you have done this curses the ground, it's just going to be harder for you. But this is what I've been doing for you the whole time. So these weren't really curses to humans. These were consequences of the fall that ended up being God, God's responsibility given to us. Um, 
there is uh, the other verse that says your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And I kept thinking about like what those words meant. And I realized that later on with Cain, sin desires you, but you must rule over it. And I was wondering if maybe it means that you are going to have um, you're going to be you're going to be trying to match up against your husband. Just like what he was saying, sin desires you. It's trying to come for you. It's coming for you. It's competing with you, but you must rule over it. You must master it. You must get it. And so I realized that along with the consequence, it's not that God cursed us with an identity crisis. There was no curse. It was a consequence. Because of the fall, you're going to have an identity crisis, and your husband's going to figure it out. And so um, this this is what... You know, just to hone in on the word that's been used, you know, but that God cursed us with work or cursed us with pain. I'm thinking about it as a responsibility, and I couldn't be more proud to be a mom because of that. Because I get to experience what God experiences fighting for human life and fighting for... Um, for its value, which in a, in a fallen world, its value is subject to frustration and being overlooked and being messed and tampered with. So I'm so, so grateful for this opportunity. I have a whole different outlook about um, childbearing and the pain of childbearing because this is what God does for us all the time. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who shared today. Um, I kept, I kept, when everybody's sub, whenever someone would sob, I'd be like, I want to hear more. So it's wonderful when we can share with one another. This is one of the, one of my favorite things about the body of Christ is when we can do this. And we, we love getting testimonies and we love hearing your stories. I'd love to have one person share every single week. Um, so please let me know if there, if you ever want to share, if there are specific things you want to share. And um, there's a lot of wisdom among the mamas here um, for the rest of us. If I could have the kids come up, we have some flowers for the mamas. Kids of all ages, if your mom is here, come up here for a sec. Grab one of these. 